All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to True Crime Tried. It's a podcast. Yes, it is. <laughs> one of many. But this one, we talk about the planets aligning, mm-hmm. true crime, astrology, and the other weird bullshit we can fit into this podcast. We are your hosts, Hannah. And Meredith. Missing Sarah again. Welcome to episode 81, our Halloween special, maybe. Okay. (laughs) I don't actually know what Meredith brought, but happy Halloween. (laughs) Happy Halloween. So this is our Halloween episode. It is kind of a mixed bag, kind of like you would get a mixed bag of candy if you were out Mm. retreating. Do you have any plans for Halloween? Anything fun? I uh, know some people that are having a Halloween party on Saturday night. Okay. But I just bought these tickets to go to a football game, which I thought was Saturday afternoon, but it's Saturday night. So probably not. Okay. I mean, I've been down... Most of the months, it's not like I have really thought about a costume or anything. Okay. It's not the same this year, but it will come again. The downtown area where I work has, they close their like main street and all the businesses pass out candy and stuff. So this will be the first year post pandemic somewhat that we are going to venture out and do a little trick or treating. Nice. So it will be a lot of a lot of fun, but it also is supposed to be like super rainy. So I don't know how long we'll be out there, but it should be it should be good fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be keeping the porch light off. I'm that neighbor. I've seen your porch. It's a little spooky. <laughs> it already has the cobwebs. <laughs> and man is it dirty. Back to Halloween. Halloween. According to USA Today. The top 10 costumes for 2022, if you are still in search of a costume, would be a witch. Do I get to guess? Yeah, if you want to guess, let's do that. You can't guess number one, though. Okay, witch. (laughs) That seems like it's always a top 10 costume. Mm -hmm. Are they generic or are they topical? Seven of the 10 are generic and the other three are topical. Okay, pirate has to be on there. Yes, that's number six. Ghost? Nope. Cat? No, which I was surprised. Uh, a pumpkin? Nope. A bat? I'm really bad at this. Ah, <laughs> uh, A superhero. Well, number two is Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what's your little boys like? <laughs> a superhero is Spider-Man. Same difference. This is really hard. Yeah. A vampire? Nope. A werewolf? Nope. COVID vaccine? Nope. So I've never seen the show... But the guy from Stranger Things that showed up for season four? Anything Stranger Things Anything is Stranger Things. Number four. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a lot of there's a lot of gold to mine there. Mm-hmm. I assume. I haven't seen it. A doctor. Nope. Jesus Christ. What else happened this year? I don't know. An aborted fetus. Oh Jesus. No. A Prime Minister of the UK. Nope. I have no idea. I'm so stuck. Most of them are fairly generic. Coming in at number three was Dinosaur. Oh, it's very dinosaur. popular. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Number five was 
fairy. Oh, I should have said princess. Number seven was a rabbit, which I thought was weird, and I couldn't figure out why. really oddly specific animal to choose for Halloween. I figured it would be like a cat or... Like a little black cat or something. Yeah. Makes sense. Or a bat. A bat would be a great costume. That is what my daughter is this year. Oh, I was a moth one year. Oh, that's so cool. It was fun. I love that. And then coming in at number eight was a cheerleader, of course. Oh, I would not have guessed that. Yeah. And then coming in at number nine was a cowboy. Oh, yeah. Cowboys exist. Okay. Mm -hmm. A firefighter. No. Rounding out the top ten was Harley Quinn. So I guess she could be considered a superhero Superhero kind of. Yeah, it's in that whole genre of movie that kind of blends together to me. Yeah, I was a little surprised by the top 10 for this year. I still think, I mean, obviously, Witch is a great one. I love Witch. Rabbit's a little weird. I thought it was weird, too. That Harley Quinn is still so popular this year is kind of surprising, too. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know, people just like to have two different color hair, maybe. But it's fun. Yeah. Well, what I would do if I was going uh, to this party... I told them because I didn't have a costume. I've been sick. I do have a witch's hat, so I could throw that on and just go as myself. You're like, I'm witchy hand. Hey! Well, you've got, like, crystals. You could tote around a crystal or something. Oh, totally. Or some tarot cards. Just give people some readings. I know. That's the only thing. I was like, I could bring my tarot to your readings. That would be great for uh, Halloween. But hell yeah, it would be. Well... We've talked about the top 10 costumes. Let's talk about what the most popular crimes are. We did talk about this last year, and they are pretty much the same, but I will let you go ahead and take Breaking and entering. Yes. Vandalism. Yes. Arson. Nope, that did not make the list. Assault? Yes. Okay. It's like all the A-words? Yeah, basically. But the most common crime during Halloween or on Halloween or surrounding Halloween is going to be your underage drinking and other alcohol-related crimes. I forgot that's a crime. Yeah. (laughs) True. Okay, fine. Yes. So trick-or-treat, listeners. Like I said, this is kind of a mixed bag. I was going to keep it a little bit lighter for you on this very fun Halloween I did have a murder that I omitted from this particular episode, mostly because it was super gruesome and there was a lot more information available than I originally thought there would be. So there was just a little too much for this episode. For a fun, light episode. (laughs) Yeah. I'll give you a highlight. I won't give you the name or anything, but it's a Halloween case and a severed head was found in a punch bowl. Holy shit. It's very interesting, but maybe I'll cover that next Halloween uh, or next spooky season or maybe in a few weeks. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, You turn November into spooky season. At least half of it is Scorpio season. Yeah, that's true. It's spooky within itself. Very mysterious. We may just take spooky season down to Christmas. You know, there's some spooky Christmas crimes. Uh, Yes, we covered, I think, three of them last Christmas. I think so. Did we talk about Krampus? Oh, no, I don't think we did talk about Krampus. Maybe we should talk about Krampus. That might be more fun than the story I read about that man that murdered his entire family. Yeah, that was really (laughs) sad. And I think uh, 
Sarah's had something to do with like a homemade blowtorch. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should talk about Krampus this year. Okay. We'll <laughs> we'll put that on the list. Listeners, let us know if you something nice. have any suggestions for anything that's spooky for the next, I don't know, we'll just say into December. Let's let just us wrap know. this year up on a spooky note. Yeah, let's do that. What I have for you tonight is a haunting. Oh, hell yeah. Some lewd conduct. Fuck yeah. And to end, Florida Man. Holy shit. Perfect. We haven't talked about Florida Man in a while, so what has he been getting up to? He does shit all the time, man, and this one, this one definitely caught my eye, but we're going to start with the haunting. Okay. Spooky. So let's start this Halloween adventure in Ashland, Massachusetts. Ashland is situated about 29 miles southwest of Boston. Boston. I will not attempt the accent. That is about the extent of it for me. If anything, this podcast has taught me I'm really bad at accents. Me too, for sure. Jesus. Located at 179 Main Street is what is now known as Stone's Public House. Have you heard of this? I have not. From the lack of prices on the menu, I would say that this would probably set us back some serious coin. All right, we're not quite Stone's Public House material, it sounds like. I think we are, though. It is currently described as an updated Irish accented pub. I do like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are some very delicious looking items on their menu, as well as a very extensive beer, wine, and seasonal cocktail menu. Oh, seasonal cocktail. Oh, God. And right now they're fall cocktails, and we can put the link up as well for the menu because it looks really delicious. (laughs) And Hannah, they do have Smithwick's on tap. Okay, good, good. And we can order you a hot dog from the kids' menu. Fuck yeah. From the kids' menu. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But they have some other really amazing stuff. Again, nothing has prices though, so I'm thinking it's a little bit more upscale. It's just, it's going to cost some change to enjoy the evening, I'll say. And then for Sarah, wherever she may be, they do have gluten-free options. So it's a crowd pleaser for all of us. I will send her a meme about bread today, and I was like, never mind. (laughs) She'd just be sad. (laughs) I know. I was like, is this mean? It might be mean. (laughs) And on Sunday, Stone's Public House hosts brunch, which I think we all agree that we love brunch. Love a good brunch. And they have a Bloody Mary bar. I've never had a Bloody Mary. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, you have to like tomato juice. I've also never had tomato juice. I love tomatoes. They're one of my favorite foods. Okay. I don't know if I love them in drink form. But for breakfast, like if you know you're going to be drinking that whole day, a great way to start the day is with a Bloody Mary. Okay. I will have to try one with you sometime. Yes. Um, We'll put that on the list and I'll try it out. If I don't like it, you can have it. Hell to the yeah. This works out well for everybody. I do enjoy a Michelada, which I think is... Tomato yeah. juice. It is, yeah. Then you would probably enjoy it. Okay. So I was really stoked about their menu. I probably spent a little bit more time on the menu than I should have, but that's fine. 
they can feel free to go ahead and sponsor us as we're giving them some good publicity. And they also had, which I was fascinated by, is like basically Reuben egg rolls. How interesting. I love a Reuben. Right? But in an egg roll. I would never even think to do that. But I'm very intrigued about that. I am intrigued now that you brought it up. Yeah. So maybe we can make some like fancy egg rolls and have Bloody Marys at some point. I'm down. Be warned, a stone's public house has a dark history and is said to be quite haunted. Okay, cool. Originally named the Railroad House, then later for a period of time it was known as John Stone's Inn. Stone's public house was built in 1832 by Captain John Stone, who was born in February of 1779. He did some time in the military And then he became this kind of businessman extraordinaire. So he was really well off. Cool. And he purchased a bunch of land in what was known as Unionville in Massachusetts, which is now Ashland. And he got word that a railroad was being built between Boston and Worcester. And basically it was going to bisect his property. And so to make the most of the situation, the captain decided to build a hotel alongside the railroad tracks, and he opened it to the public on September 20th of 1834. The captain himself ran the inn for about two years before he started to lease it to other innkeepers, and he would do this for quite some time. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And this is a, it's a pretty big building. We'll put some pictures up. It's its pretty cool though. So the captain stayed on his property in Ashland. It just, he built another house and there was like a barn and he had cows and stuff like that. So he wasn't too far away from the inn or the railroad. The captain did pass away in 1858 He was said to be, like I mentioned, a pretty savvy businessman for his time, but it was also Mm -hmm. rumored that he was a murderer. Oh boy, there's a twist. According to the legend, in 1845, the captain bludgeoned a New York salesman named Mike McPherson with a pistol after a poker game. Wow. So there was five men at the table and... McPherson won like a $3,000 pot back then. Oh, yeah. So I'd love that now. And so McPherson was accused of cheating by the captain and the other three players at the table. The captain lost his shit and murdered him, or so they say. And the other three guys were just like, okay, then. It was said that they helped bury the body in the basement. They did just watch him kill someone. They might not have wanted to confront him. Sure. And they were probably pissed off, too, that he had won the pot and just wanted to get their money back. And maybe he had been cheating. I'm blaming the victim here, but who knows? However, McPherson's body has never been found. And they've done some extensive digging underneath Stone's public house. Yeah. The inn was purchased after the captain passed away by a W.A. Scott. I could not figure out what W.A. stood for. (laughs) I'm guessing it's like William Arthur or something. I don't know. But I do love that they use initials all the time. So Mr. Scott and his sons ran the inn for quite some time. But at the end of the Civil War in 1865, business really started to 
go down. And then there was a fire in 1889 that destroyed a large portion of the inn. The Scott's family story is pretty bizarre. It talks a lot about alcoholism, cirrhosis of the liver, <laughs> owning a bar, mental illness. One of the sons freaked out and like hurt some people. Very, very weird. But ultimately, things did not end well for the Scott family. Mr. Scott actually contracted malaria, and in a fever fit, he decided to shoot himself in the head. Damn. He missed. It grazed his skull, so he tried again and attempted to shoot himself in the chest, but missed all important internal organs. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. And then he tried a third time, but missed entirely. Jesus. It was not his time. Nope. I have heard the malaria, like fever is Mm -hmm. rough. Yeah, for sure. And they didn't have the same type of anti-fevers back in the day either, Mm -mm. so... So Mr. Scott did give up on taking his own life. He recovered because he still had bullet wounds. So he did recover from his wounds (laughs) and he lived 10 more years. Ha! Fuck you. And the end just kind of, you know, it, it went through different hands through the years and it was really lost its luster. It lost its shine. It was just kind of like a creepy old building. Okay. In 1976, Leonard... Cappy Fournier purchased the inn and restored it. And he did a beautiful job. During the renovations, like hidden chambers and tunnels were found in the basement. So it was thought that there was maybe some like underground railroad activity that happened through the inn. And Cappy began experiencing some pretty strange things while he was doing the renovations. And so he started to invite psychics and paranormal Uh investigators to the pub in search of answers. He wanted to know what was going on. And it wasn't just him. So like after he opened it and everything to the public, you know, he had his staff there as well. Uh Uh-huh. So it was not only himself, but his staff and the customers. Okay. Are you ready for this list? Yes. Doors that unbolt themselves. Ooh. Lights that turn on and off. Okay. Water taps that spontaneously turn on. Okay. That's new. Breaking glasses. That's the drunk guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Tools and keys and other small items that you set down like on the bar or on a table, they randomly Uh disappear and then reappear in another part of the bar. Disembodied voices. (laughs) I just say disemboweled. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they may be that too. I don't know. Uh, Who knows? Unexplainable cold spots with sometimes those are good. A temperature difference of over 30 degrees. Whoa. Right? That's bonkers. There was one set of paranormal investigators that were there. It was a 60 degree night mm-hmm. and they're monitoring with their special gadget or whatever. And one of the ladies came across this cold spot that was like 30 degrees. Shit, man. That's crazy. Just insane. That's huge. Feeling of hands tapping you on the shoulder. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Orbs. Oh, I love a good orb. Mm-hmm. And EVPs have recorded the following things. The first one okay. is leave. Oh, that's not very welcoming for an N. <laughs> the next, watch your head. 
That could be helpful or threatening. I don't know. The next is, my name is John Stone. Okay. Pleasure. And probably the creepiest was, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dead. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Don't right? like that at all. <laughs> You're like, uh-uh. okay, well, I'll see you later. Really, really not. I'm not going to stay at this end. I will just have a nice dinner there. Currently, they do not utilize the room. So what it right oh. now, what it is, is the bar, pub, restaurant, and then they have event spaces upstairs, but there actually are no longer any hotel rooms available. Fine. I don't want one. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the staff are like, hell no, I'm not closing by myself. So they close in teams and things like that. Like, people do not want to be in this building by you themselves. You should always at least close it with a team. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think of just leaving someone to do all that by themselves late at night. Some people have seen in the windows of the back part of the inn and then, like, kind of around the grounds of the inn is an apparition of a young girl in a white okay. dress. And this is actually thought to be 10-year-old Mary Smith, who died tragically while playing near the train tracks in June of 1862. Oh, no. So she was actually struck by the train. Yeah. Okay. Several people have seen the apparition of this little girl. It doesn't say that it's like a bad feeling or anything like that when people see her, but it definitely, if I saw a little girl that was like hazy and white, I... (laughs) I definitely have some feelings. Right? So there are believed to be at least seven ghostly spirits roaming through Stone's public house. One spirit, allegedly, named Bert Phillips, who had been a local town drunk who died in 1890, told a medium that had been invited that he refuses to leave because he likes the atmosphere. Honestly, Bert, sounds fun. Right? You know what? No problem with you. (laughs) I mean, if you're having a good time, I guess you don't Mm -hmm. have to move on. (laughs) Yeah. Bert seems content. Happy, even. But I'm definitely going to add Stone's Public House to my bucket list of things to do at some point in my lifetime. I would love to have dinner. I will not stay later than I need to. We need to really start... Like writing this list down. We should. I'm gonna I'm gonna We've got our Americas and then we've got get on that. Our international. That's and our international has gotten quite big because we do need to go to Mongolia to check uh, yeah, in with our uh, listeners. Uh, cat. Oh. And, oh yeah. And our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but if our listener is a palace cat, best of both worlds. Oh my gosh. But that is the story of Stone's Public House. I can dig it. I can dig it too. I watch quite a few like paranormal investigative videos that were pretty uh-huh. fucking creepy. So definitely check Perfect. those out. It was a lot of fun. So the next story that grabbed my attention was an article. And I'll read you the title of the article. I did do some more research on it because I needed a little bit more information, but the title is as follows. Bisexual groper among the ghouls at Wisconsin Scarehouse. Oh, God. This is why mm, I don't like these kind of haunted houses. This dude was on his own, so he was not a part of the production company that was putting on. Oh, no, that makes it worse, though, because, like, you think... That he is, though, is a very chaotic situation. 
I think this particular person made it very clear that he was not a part of the actor staff or anything like that. I'm pretty sure there was a guy with a knife in the haunted corn maze in Holy Tri-Cities. fuck. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't like this anymore. Uh, yeah, no thanks. It's hard to tell them apart from the people that are actually in there trying to scare you. And we'll talk a little bit more about this particular haunted house. But let's first head to Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin for okay. this bizarre and fucking disgusting crime. Because it's gross. <laughs> so this was in 2014 and it was around Halloween. It wasn't on Halloween, but around Halloween. Close enough. A 52-year-old Sagittarius man named Daniel oh, Rossman God, adventures. Mm-hmm, was arrested after eight customers at the abandoned haunted house complex complained to management. Rossman reportedly grabbed several women's breasts and buttocks areas. One man reported that Rossman tried to pull his head toward Rossman's crotch. Nope. And another man reported that Rossman had come up from behind and, quote, humped him aggressively, end quote. God, he sounds like a dog. Rossman was charged with fourth degree sexual assault as well as lewd and lascivious behavior and disorderly conduct. I will say... A big thank you to the state of Wisconsin. They made it very easy to search court records. Good on you, Wisconsin. Oh, so I was like, um, I don't know how, because sometimes it's very, very tricky. But this one, it was just like, bam, bam, bam. It was great. So thank you, Wisconsin. So according to court documents on November 11th of 2014, Rossman appeared in court for his bail bond hearing. Conditions required Rossman to be placed on a GPS monitoring system. He was to have no contact with any of the victims. And what I thought was interesting is that they included in this for the victims is their person, their property, their residence, or their family. So he could have no contact with any of that. Exactly. And he was to have no contact with 2825 East Frontage Street, which is the abandoned haunted house complex. Yeah, don't grope that house either, bitch. April 14th of 2015, Rossman pled guilty on two of the five counts. And I couldn't understand some of the legal shorthand in this, but essentially... The three sexual assault charges were withdrawn by the prosecutor. So they are going for Mm -hmm. lewd behavior, lewd and lascivious behavior, and then the disorderly conduct. On October 18th of 2015, so we're almost nearing like a year later. Oh, yeah. He's almost ready to strike again. Mm -hmm. A jury did find him guilty on the count of lewd lascivious behavior and on the count of disorderly conduct he was sentenced to nine months probation counseling and a no contact order with the victims he was made to pay some fines and some court costs it listed them all out individually and i didn't want to do the math so i don't know how much it was he could have been charged like up to forty one thousand dollars, i believe it was but i don't think it was even close to that for the hmm. penalties but It also prohibited him from ever going to any, (laughs) any haunted haunted house. house. It literally Uh, says, quote, can't go to haunted houses, end quote. (laughs) 
<laughs> any. Ah, uh, like you can't even go to that creepy house up the road, right? <laughs> and just in time for Halloween, the verdict came down that he cannot go to any haunted houses. Mm-hmm. So I did look into this haunted house. To be fair, it looks really freaky in a good way, if that's your thing. But it's not my thing. I think, Hannah, you said it's not your thing. I don't know if Sarah likes this kind of thing. I don't like interactive, like, events where they might touch you. Yeah, me neither. We have the haunted woods out here. And I went several years ago with some friends. And they were like, it's going to be great. We're going to have so much fun. No one told me that they can touch you. No one Uh told me that. Okay. So there I am, and I scare very easily. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm very skittish. Mm-hmm. And it was probably the worst, and I think it took us like 40 minutes to get through the whole thing. It was like the worst 40 minutes of my life. It was <laughs> awful. I went to the haunted corn maze a couple times when I was living up in Washington, and it was okay. I'm already bad at corn mazes, <laughs> so it was kind of a struggle, but like... There's always a guy with a chainsaw uh-huh. that's, like, chasing you around. I, f- I just can't with the chainsaw. I fucking hate it. No. No. Uh, there was this one time in high school, so this is, this is Adventist Corner for all our Adventist listeners, where, like, probably twice the school year, we'd take a day off just to do, like, volunteer work for the community. Okay. In the fall, we'd take some time off, and we were going to help clean up this abandoned house. They told the administrators that they, the house was going to be used for, like, like a woman's shelter, woman and children's shelter. Okay. <laughs> and in the end, it was a haunted house. So they just used all of these Christian high school kids to clean up their little abandoned house and then set up like a haunted house and i thought it was so fucking hilarious that's the best oh some uh some uh teachers were mad (laughs) i bet they're like they lied to us doing this satanic event haunted house never became a a shelter for women and children oh jesus it just went back to being abandoned afterwards well it's kind of like the spirit halloween right they like to just take up old you know old box stores or whatever and then they leave them and then come back like the next year or whatever i just love that they used a bunch of high schoolers to do all their dirty work (laughs) hey cheap labor (laughs) oh god yeah like it was a mess. It was a dump. You guys weren't getting paid, so you guys were actually a step oh. below, like, inmate crews. We weren't getting paid at all. We were volunteering and for Christ or whatever. Oh, yeah. For Christ something. Jesus. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, I I don't like this shit. I, I just don't. But I do want to give them some kudos because they've got a pretty cool setup. So if we do happen across this wonderful town of Mount Pleasant in the Halloween season and anyone decides that they want to go, I will go with you, but I will be about six minutes up the road at a place called the Blue Badger Bar and Grill. You can tell I was probably (laughs) hungry when I wrote this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You're like, they also have a great fucking menu. You're making me hungry. I know. So the cool thing about this is that you like go into this building and in the downstairs portion, you're ordering your food out of this tricked out Airstream trailer. 
then you like get your number or whatever and you go upstairs to the bar and then they bring you your food upstairs. But like the ordering is done from this really, really cool Airstream trailer, which I think would be fun. And they had some really decent Wisconsin bar foods. So of course, they've got like the uh, curds and oh, fuck yeah. Lots of fried goodness, which would be great. And then a good beer menu and drink menu as well. So that's where I'll be. I'll probably join you. Okay. So everyone else, if they want to enjoy the haunted house, we'll talk a little bit about the abandoned haunted house complex. It does have a four plus star rating on Yelp. (laughs) There are always some naysayers and I love reading like the naysayers reviews. I love negative reviews. One star reviews are so good. It's where it's at. It's just a bunch of bitchy people who hate their lives. They're so upset. They're just so mad. But most of the ratings were good and it does look like this place can deliver some pretty good scares if that's your thing. So the interesting thing about this is that it's in a pretty good spot. Mount Pleasant is about 30 minutes south of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and only about like 45 minutes to an hour north of Chicago. So if like this is your jam, like it'd be a pretty cool place to go. There are three haunted houses in this complex. And there are a variety of packages that range from $40 to $80 per person. I forget you have to pay. I'm especially Mm -hmm. not paying for this experience. So each of the packages you get into all three of the haunted houses, but the more expensive packages allow you to like skip lines and stuff. So sometimes that's worth the money, especially if it's like super crowded. And then the biggest package also throws in some extracurricular fun, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the three houses, they have the ambush house. Oh, I I already hate it. This is a dark haunt with intense startle scare. Fucking hate it. Right? I say startle scare pee your pants, but whatever. Don't, I don't like uh I know. Mm-mm. There's loud yeah. noises, and then there's live actors that pop out of unexpected places, and then they have lighting and scene effects, and the walkthrough is about 20 minutes. I definitely startle scare. That's my main move. I startle scare and peek. I'm old, and I've had a baby, so it happens. Ah. <laughs> Next up, they have the Hysteria House. This is an interactive haunt with focused interaction for your senses and mind. So you'll have a lot of visual and audible scares that can induce some confusion and some misdirection as you're navigating through the house. They also highlight like different illusions with lighting, sound, and actors. Again, this one's about a 20-minute walkthrough. They have the Stalker House. Mm-mm. This is actually an outdoor haunt, which reminds me of the Haunted Woods, which I'm totally not on board for. But this boasts the, that real interactive, like, run-for-your-life startle scare experience. Oh, I don't want to run either. Ugh. But so the actors are placed in very unexpected places. But again, it's like it's outdoors. So, I mean, they just be popping up out of the bushes, honestly. I hate it. Right? hate it this one takes about 20 minutes to do the walkthrough if you're like me i'd make it through in about three minutes flat and i'd be screaming my ass off the whole time (laughs) i am interested though in the extracurricular activities because if you do get that 
big package, you will also get axe throwing thrown in. You get to throw the axe, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're not thrown at you. No. <laughs> I've never tried axe throwing, so. But I'd rather just skip the rest. I don't know. I'd be interested to try axe throwing. I've never done it. I did see a video where this lady threw it too hard and it came flying back at her. <gasps> and that's like a nightmare. Ugh. I don't it. know that I would be very good at it, but I mean, I definitely give it a shot. But like I said, I'm going to be up at the Blue Badger. I'm going to be eating some, you know, pub grub and drinking beer. So anyone who wants to join in, they can go have fun at the haunted houses. Finally, like I said, I could not pass up Florida Man. This oh, is yeah. also near Halloween. It's October 2021. And the headline of this was Florida Man arrested after leaving evidence trail of pizza sauce. <laughs> pizza sauce? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Dewey Smith, 38. And honestly, I cannot Florida. think of a better Florida name. <laughs> nope, that sounds great. Right? Makes sense already. He was arrested after leaving smears, smears <laughs> of marinara sauce on multiple cars that he had burgled. <laughs> oh, man. From the first car, he stole a wallet. And the second car, he stole a 9mm handgun. Woof. Okay. Dewey kept strolling through the neighborhood, and he even stopped to talk to a woman and asked her if she wanted to buy a 9mm handgun. Oh, from pizza fucking face? No, thank you. The woman did decline, and then Dewey asked her if she could at least call this number to check and see if he had a balance on a gift card. (laughs) No, sir. Oh, Dewey. She also declined that request, and I'm guessing at that point when they parted ways, that's when she contacted the police. Yeah, it's a, a lot of red flags there. So the sheriff's officers were investigating. They discovered a discarded pizza box next to the second car that was broken into, the one where the 9mm handgun was stolen. Which meant that he was carrying it around to the first car. Uh-huh. <laughs> and eating it. Yeah. Yep. And Dewey was still strolling around town and he's doing his business, but now he's committing credit card fraud because he started to use the cards from mm -hmm. the wallet from the first car. Needs more pizza. Right? Officers (laughs) were able to locate him fairly quickly. Doesn't seem hard. No. (laughs) When confronted, Dewey exclaimed, quote, you caught me red handed. Oh my God. Dewey. I know. And then Dewey. side tangent for Dewey, have you ever watched Justified? No. There's a character in Justified. His name is Dewey Crow. And he is from Florida. And he wears a gator <laughs> tooth necklace. And he is the saddest sap oh my ever. God. But he's such a comical character throughout that series. But it's yeah. It's a good series to watch. I I love Justified. But yeah. So That is what I have for us for this very light-hearted, but still crime-filled, murdery, haunting Halloween episode. All three of those did involve food. I was hungry. And now I really want some fucking pizza. (laughs) It might be too late. Well, we'll wrap it up and you can see if you can get in touch with them. Pizza guys, sponsor us. I love pizza. Sponsor us. It's fine. I'm fine. I have a little bit of astrology, not much. 
is going on during the, the week, but the weekend is going to hit us, folks, with some trauma Ooh. and some drama. Trauma drama. Sucky fucking weekend. Ready? Sure. Saturday, November 5th, Venus and Scorpio will be opposition with Uranus and Taurus. Okay. You are going to be agitated by every fucking thing you see, hear, feel, whatever. You're just going to be one big ball of fucking pissed off on Saturday. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Sounds great. Right? It's <laughs> going to be a very difficult aspect. It's going to fill you with a lot of tension and has the potential to create a serious amount of drama for really almost no reason. I mean, a Taurus can get pretty snippy if oh, things yeah. are not going their way. And Scorpios just get evil. And Scorpios already like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> I'm going to just put this out here. We say it a lot. This might be just a good weekend to do some self-care, stay at home, be by yourself. Just don't encounter people because (laughs) Sunday, November 6th, Venus and Scorpio. Uh There it is again. Is going to be square with Saturn Mm. in Aquarius. Oh, boy. (laughs) So this aspect is going to bring the trauma on the love uh, front. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's all right. I'm already down. It's fine. Can't get worse. Well, if you <laughs> are in a relationship, you're basically just going to be fucking disappointed with your loved one. You're just going to be disappointed. You're just going to be like, mm. So it might be a good day to like check out, go get a massage, go get your nails done. Just like stay away from your loved one. If you're in the mood for love, it could also bring like a big fat in your face rejection. So... <laughs> I'm not, so I'm fine. Sunday sounds like it'll be a fine day for me. I already have enough love trauma. Yeah. So again, we encourage self-care always. Self-care is amazing. We do. Saturday sounds like a lot. Yeah. Sunday sounds like a lot interpersonally, but if you don't have friends or loved ones, then you're fine, folks. Right? See? Problem solved. But yeah. So, listeners, happy Halloween. If you'd like to reach out to us and let us know what your Halloween costume is going to be this year, or if you want to reach out to us and let us know another topic that you're interested in for our extended spooky (laughs) season, because we will get our ducks in a row at some fucking point. Some point, y'all. So reach out to us. We would absolutely love to hear from you. And it's definitely better than the burial insurance email that I got because I'm old. <laughs> I'm just not that fucking old. Thank you very much. Very rude. But you can reach us on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine, Facebook, we're at TCT Podcast. You can email us directly at truecrimetrine at gmail.com. And you can hit us up on Discord. We've had some of our listeners. Thanks, Marnie. It's a great way to connect with us, like, on the fly. There you go. You can just connect with us. Period. Connect with us. Okay. And then you can check out our website, www.truecrimetrine.com. All right. Anyways, yeah. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye.
Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.